0: Welcome to this brand new series we're kicking off uh, called Daring Faith. And uh, as you can tell, I want to give a shout out to all our Poughkeepsie folks. Uh, go ahead and, and get your church app already there and you can follow along uh, with the outline that's on the app there. And as you can tell, I got, got a new tool here, a uh, new podium. And uh, we did this for a reason. We retired the table after about uh, uh, 10 years, 15 years or so. Uh, because it gives me a little freedom to walk around and I'm still being recorded. Look at that. See that? Uh, watch like that. And 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 people on Sunday morning, they're like, "We love it when you walk around." Uh, but uh, on the recording, I had to stay really tight there, so uh, we, we did something different, so uh, I can walk, and uh, this is going to be exciting, because I normally. Normally do that. Years ago, I used to walk up and down the aisle. That really freaked people out. Uh, so they said, please stay on stage. But uh, anyway, we're, we're kicking off this series, and, and as you can tell, I'm a little worked up about it. Uh, really excited about faith. And, and the reason being is this. Faith is so key, obviously, to the Christian faith. Uh, and and uh, we're going to find out tonight. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God uh, But I think for most of us, for many of us, and I'm including myself in this, uh, our faith is a lot weaker than it should be, and and so uh, I'm excited this series is going to take us all the way through literally Easter Sunday uh, as we talk about uh, daring faith, and specifically in our time together, I want to talk about what faith looks like. This is kind of an introductory uh, message, what faith looks like, and and first thing I want to do is give a disclaimer. Disclaimer. You ever, you're watching TV and those commercials come on for some pharmaceutical and it's like, you know, take this medication to get rid of the common cold. And then they say side effects may be bleeding from the eyeballs, (laughs) ears falling off, appendages falling off, you know, and death. And you're like, do I even really want to do this? Uh, All these disclaimers nowadays, everything has a disclaimer on it. Uh, And this message, I want to give you a disclaimer, all right? Nothing's going to fall off or anything like that. Don't worry about it. But, but here's my goal, uh, and, and as a staff, our goal from now to Easter uh, as we talk about daring faith and really look at all that the Bible has to say about daring faith, I want to stretch your faith in this series. I want to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm going to poke you. I'm going to prod you, and I just want you to know that ahead of time. Because that's the only way that our faith begins to grow. And so if you're a person that just likes staying the same, comfortable, you want to say I have the same struggles this time next year as you do right now, you just you never want to grow, never want to accomplish what God created you for, then, then maybe, maybe you should just check out. Just don't even come to church between now and Easter. Because when we start talking about faith it should make every one of us uncomfortable because none of us have perfect faith. Therefore, we all have room for improvement. So I'm gonna poke around and stretch it and and faith is like a muscle. The more we use it, the stronger that it gets. And so I just wanna give that disclaimer from the the beginning. I also wanna give you a promise, not just a disclaimer. The promise is we're gonna grow. You hang in there, Your faith is going to be a lot stronger when we hit Easter time than it is right now. You're going to be more of a mature follower of Jesus Christ as a result of what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. And I believe, with everything in me, if we'll hang in there and we'll apply what God's Word says to us on this subject of faith, we are going to begin to experience even greater blessings than we are right now in our life because we're gonna be so much closer to Jesus than we are right now. And and so you got the disclaimer, that's the the promise too. I I believe a lot of folks, their prayers are gonna be answered in this series, during this time of this series. And and so daring faith, I I think what we're gonna discover in this series uh, is that faith may not be what you think it is faith, you hear a lot about faith, faith is this, faith is that, a, a lot of misconceptions about what faith is, and that's why we're going to do a lot of digging in the Bible in this series, and let God tell us what faith is, and what faith is not, and, and I think for many of us, uh, we're going to be surprised, uh, first of all, you know, faith is not a desire, it's not like a wish, I just wish, I just desire, that's, that's not faith, faith is also not a feeling, aren't you glad? We, we talked about that in our last series of last week uh, uh, about uh, how to handle our emotions, how to deal with how you feel. And, and boy, Pastor Andy did just a great job talking about how to deal with your emotions. How can we really do that? Faith is not a feeling. Uh, it is not a, faith is not pretending that something really isn't when it really is. Faith is not denying the facts. That's not faith, that's foolishness. That's foolishness. Every single person, just an example, in the Bible that came to Jesus, that Jesus healed, they had to admit, I got a problem going on. I can't see, I can't walk, whatever it is, they had to admit they had an issue. And so faith is never don't deal in reality, but faith is, is, is bigger than just the reality. And so I want to start off uh, in our time together. Look at Romans chapter one verse seventeen. It's a good uh, place to just really kick off uh, this whole series and this introductory message. Romans chapter one verse seventeen says, "The good news." Now stop right there. Good news. That's the word gospel. Many translations Romans 1, 17, will say the gospel. The word gospel literally means good news. The good news shows how God makes people right with Himself. That it begins and it ends with faith. The gospel begins and ends with faith. It's the start of the gospel. It's the completion of the gospel. It's faith. As the scripture says, but those who are right with God will live by faith. And so all of a sudden, you know what? Right there, we're, we're confronted with this truth about faith. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is a lifestyle. Those who are right with God will live by faith. Faith is a way to live. And, and that's why I say at the end of this series, I mean, just hang in there. You know what? We're going to be different. We're going to be different as we discover that faith is a way to live, it's a lifestyle. In fact, another place in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, puts it this way without faith, It is impossible to please God. You and I will never be able to to fulfill the plan that God created you and me for, the unique plan each one of us that he created us for, without faith. It just won't happen. That's why this is so important. That's why we're calling this series series Daring Faith. Because you know what, There's, there's a little, it takes some courage. Daring faith, daring faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists, watch this now, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Did you know God wants to reward you? God wants to reward you. God wants to reward me. How how do we get the reward that God has for us? By earnestly seeking him, not half-heartedly, not part-time, not just a couple hours a week, but faith, live by faith, that lifestyle of faith. And he says, you know what? I'm gonna reward you for that. If you earnestly seek me with all of your heart. So let me just put it this way as we're kind of introducing this idea, maybe for some of us a reminding, uh, for, for some of us, of what faith really is. Faith is a way of looking at things. Faith is a way of seeing Faith is a perspective. It's a, it's, faith is seeing things from God's point of view. The eyes of faith. Yeah, I'll probably use that phrase a whole lot in this series. Seeing with the eyes of faith. The perspective of faith. As I said before, maybe we need to talk about what faith is not <laughs> before we go too much into what faith really is. Faith is not a desire. It's not pretending something's not true. Faith, faith, uh, faith is also not bargaining with God. God, if you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you. That's not faith. That, that's, that's, that's called uh, manipulation. That's what that is. I'll just get him to do what I want him to do if I'll do this. You know, if you do this, I'll do that. that. That's a contractual relationship. If you don't hold up your end of the deal, I'm not going to hold up my end of the deal. That's not faith. Hebrews 11.1 one in the New Living Translation puts it this way, talking about faith. Faith is the confidence that we hope for. Uh, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It gives us the assurance, the confidence. I, I'm facing this tough situation. I'm, I'm facing this difficulty. But you know what? I have confidence because I have faith so important in God, not in Greg. I have faith in God that even though this looks like a tough situation, I trust him and he's gonna see me through this tough situation. And so faith is just assurance about things that we cannot see. And so let me give you really the big idea of this introductory message talking about what faith looks like. Here it is. Every day... We have a choice to see through the eyes of faith or fear. Every single day, we have to make that decision. And i going to see through the eyes of faith or the eyes of fear. Now, I, I brought uh, a different pair of glasses with me uh, for this message. Uh, these are my fully loaded glasses that I have here. Uh, these, these, I have two pairs of glasses. I normally don't wear these when I'm preaching because they're a little bigger and I get hot, and they fog up, and I can't see what I'm trying to read or anything like that, but I wore them today because, as I said, these are fully loaded. These are progressive, which means they turn into sunglasses when I walk outside, which is pretty cool, and and they're also transition, they're transition progressives. So they turn into sunglasses, and they also have their trifocals without the lines. So I have three different... Lines of sight with these. And I just tilt my head. I can read here and on. So these, these are fully loaded. Now, I take these off. I don't go blind. But none of you have faces anymore. <laughs> I can see your head, you know, and all that. But, but your, your faces are just completely gone like that. But watch. When I put a different lens on, whoa, there you go. So this, this is what faith is like. Faith is, faith is like, I'm looking at the situation in my life, and I'm like, this looks so blurry. This looks so confusing. I don't know what's going to happen. And then I look from God's perspective. Instead of fear and anxiety, I, I, I know, maybe you don't fear. Maybe you just worry. Same girl, different dress. That's all it is. <laughs> we, we, just, we just dress it up, and it was, oh, no, I don't fear. I just worry. Or, or down south, we say, just fret. It's all fear. It's all fear. And, and so we're looking at like, I like, how is this going to happen? Nothing's clear. But when we look through the eyes of faith, all of a sudden, that trust inside of us rises up. You know what? I, I can't see it all real clear. But through the eyes of faith, I trust God is going to see me through. He's going to help me through. So, so here's the big idea. Every day we have a choice to see through the eyes of faith or fear. So let me ask you right now, what did you choose today? This or through the eyes of faith? We have that choice every single day. So, so let's talk about real briefly what it looks like seeing through the eyes of fear. What does that look like on an on a, on a average day? When, when we're not looking through the eyes of faith, and I'm going to leave these on so I can read my notes and the screen and all and see your faces, but, but what, what does it look like when, when we're seeing through the eyes of fear? Real quickly, first thing is this. You know what? When we're seeing through the eyes of fear or whatever you want to call it, worry, concern, whatever, we exaggerate our difficulties. We exaggerate our difficulties. It, it, it's like... The best way you can see this is by looking in the rearview mirror. Just just think back on the last few years. Think back five years ago. The things you worried about, and none of them happened. None of it happened. But we spent so much time worrying about. It just looks so big, insurmountable. This is the worst thing in the world. Fear we exaggerate our difficulties. We exaggerate the challenge that's in front of us. We lose perspective. Fear always causes us to lose perspective on the situation. How about this? This also happens when we're looking through the eyes of fear instead of faith. We underestimate our abilities. We underestimate the fact that, that you know, Greg Williams said, man, I can't do everything, but you know what? God, relying on him, he'll give me the strength as I follow him and I trust him, he'll give me the strength to get through whatever it is that I'm facing, to go through whatever I'm going through. But, but fear, mm-mm, we underestimate our abilities. And, and, and all of a sudden, well, I can't. And we just, ugh, I just can't. This is never going to work. Or how about this? <laughs> we disrupt our peace. We disrupt our peace. We, we, fear causes our peace to be gone. And that's all because we have the wrong perspective. We're making the wrong choice on the perspective that we have. One of my favorite verses is in Isaiah. And it says, I will keep him, what a great promise. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me, focused on me, because he trusts in me. Wow. So, so when we feel that our peace is being disrupted, guess what? We're looking through the eyes of fear not the eyes of faith, because God said, if you keep your focus on me, I'll keep you in perfect peace. That's the eyes of faith, whose mind is stayed on me, focused on me, because he trusts in me. Faith and trust so closely attuned to each other, related to each other. We we exaggerate our difficulties, we underestimate our abilities, we disrupt our peace. How about this one? I'm sure this doesn't apply to any of us, does it? We whine about our situation. (laughs) Oh, God, why, why are you doing this? Uh, nobody's got as bad as me. Listen, honey, how many people have lived on planet Earth? I think somebody faced what you're facing. And, and chances are, they might have handled it better than you did. Just, just, We whine, whine. Nobody's ever felt this way. Nobody. Yeah, they have. You're not the only one. You're certainly not the first one. We whine and whine about how difficult our life is. And and I've heard some people have just absolutely heartbreaking stories. My wife Susie and I, we were were down in Lynchburg, Virginia this past weekend, and one of the speakers at convocation there, he he was a speaker of 14,000 students there, and he began to talk about his situation that he grew up in. Heartbreaking. Devastating. But you know what? He allowed that pain for God to turn that around, and now he's helping connect fathers back to their children. And he grew up fatherless. And, and so instead of whining, he, he said, you know what, I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. So I'm going to help fathers reconnect once they've been, when they've been incarcerated and they come out of prison. I'm going to help them to reconnect with their kids. Powerful. But fear, what do we do? We whine just feel sorry for ourselves pity party you ever notice pity party is only one person invited you nobody else wants to go to that here's the last thing i want to talk about real quick about fear the eyes of fear we quit and blame others even god we just throw our hand we, i quit I, God, I, I was not trusting you all along, but now I'm gonna blame you for everything that happened. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been living in fear. I, I haven't trusted that you have good for me. I, I haven't followed what your instructions in your word, the Bible, uh, of what you, what you know is best for me, what you know is good for me, what, what I should avoid, what I should give myself to and prioritize and value in my life. But, but now, because it blew up in my face, you know what, I'm just gonna quit and blame you, blame others. I I am the way that I am uh, because of what my mom did to me or what my dad didn't do to me. You know, at some point, you gotta just kind of like stop and say, Lord, I'm 68 years old. I've made a lot of decisions myself. This is all fear. And and this is why the Bible says, Jesus put it this way, that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And fear steals from our lives. As we exaggerate our difficulties, underestimate our abilities, disrupt our peace, whine about our situation, and then we finally just quit and blame other people. It's not me, it's you. Or We blame God. Where were you, God? And so these are all fear. Interesting verse in the Bible, in Job, what I feared most has come upon me. We gotta get rid of fear. We gotta get rid of fear and we've got to have daring faith. Daring faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So so let's look at seeing through the eyes of faith. What does it look like when we choose instead? Instead of fear, I'm gonna see through the eyes of faith. I'm gonna trust God. What what does that look like? I I, I wanna give you five different ways that this looks to live a life, choosing every day. I'm going to see through the eyes of faith from God's perspective rather than mine. It's pretty interesting how these kinda are the contrast to what we just looked at in terms of fear. Seeing through the eyes of faith, the first thing is this, faith in God shrinks my problems. Faith in God shrinks my problems. It gives me a huge perspective that, you know what, this is tough, but God's in control. It shrinks my problems. Have you ever, uh, I'm sure you have on the news or or some kind of National Geographic channel, stuff. you see one of these pictures of the planet from outer space. All of a sudden, things look a lot different, don't they? Instead of, right here, boots on the ground. That's what faith does. Faith in God shrinks my problems. All of a sudden, it gives me perspective, a very different perspective, a much bigger perspective. There's a beautiful passage in Ephesians chapter two, and I encourage you to read that first part of Ephesians chapter two. It's, It's just a fantastic, just encouraging passage. I wanna just look at one of those verses with this in mind. Faith in God shrinks my problems. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, look at what the Bible tells us. And God raised us up with Christ, raised us up with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Did you know when your faith is in Jesus Christ that we're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms? you understand what that means? Now, listen, this is, the first, this is the first sermon I ever preached in this church when I was a freshman in college. I, I, I preached one summer in this church. First sermon I ever preached in my life was based on Ephesians chapter 2. And You know what I called it? Don't look up, look down. Because when, when you and I have a struggle with the eyes of faith, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. So instead of looking up, oh God help me, look down from God's perspective, from that Picture from outer space. Look down on the problem. Get God's perspective on the problem because with God, all things are possible. So so don't look up. God, where are you? Look down. When, when, When I've surrendered my life and put my faith in Jesus Christ, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. And so that's the perspective. God, I'm trapped here. I don't understand this. I don't see it. But I trust because your word says, that, that, that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Because, because your word says that, that you'll take and you'll turn all things together for my good, for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. 28. So, so I'm not looking up, looking for help. I'm looking down on my problems. And you know what happens? Shrinkage. Shrinkage. Our problems begin to shrink when we see through the eyes of faith. So let me ask you, are, are you biggie sizing your problems with fear? Or through the eyes of faith, are your problems shrinking? Your difficulties? Don't look up, look down. Man, I might need to preach that all over again, Susie. I don't know. Don't look up, look down. Because faith in God shrinks my problems. Here's the second thing. Faith in God opens the door for a miracle. Now notice each one of these, this perspective, it's not faith in Greg, it's not faith in me, it's not faith in my faith. It's not what the Bible says, it's faith in God. The the anchor of my faith is not myself, shouldn't be you or or your ability, it's in God. It's in Christ. Faith in God opens the door for a miracle. Interesting story in Mark chapter 11, I want to read it in verse 22. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. It goes on and says, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Have faith, that obstacle you're looking at, that you can deal with that, that that challenge, even, even if it takes God bringing a miracle into that situation. And he goes on and says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and look at this, two-letter word, huge word. If, if, if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. If you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now, let me just say this. Uh, I'm not talking about, you know, I believe I'm going to win the lottery. That's not what I'm talking about. I believe God's going to deliver me a 2016 Cadillac in my driveway when I wake up in the morning. That's not what I'm talking about. What what is Jesus talking about here? Nobody had seen a Cadillac and there was no lottery. You ever think about that? Just a thought 2,000 years ago. Didn't exist. That wasn't what he was talking about. What's he talking about? He's talking about whatever challenge that is that we face whatever difficulty that it is, when when, when I find myself in a great need that, that, that I can believe and ask God, and you know what? It'll be done. I'll receive it if I believe. And again, my faith is not in my belief. My faith is in God can do it. And even if he doesn't, I still believe. Faith. You know, There's another verse, Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. Jesus went to his hometown. The Bible makes this very interesting statement when Jesus went back to his hometown. Matthew chapter 13, verse 38 says, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. I know what happens when you start talking about faith. People say, I don't see any miracles. God never does nothing for me. Jesus went back to his hometown, and because they didn't believe, you know what, that's the only instance in the Bible where it says he could not do any miracles because they did not have faith. And so when we look at our lives, we say, man, that just seems like God's never done anything for me. He's never come through for me. Nothing great's ever happened. Maybe we need to see where our faith is. That's why I think this series is so important that our faith would grow. But we need to realize we need to kind of evaluate where it is right now. If it's going to grow, we've got to identify where is it right now? Am I really trusting in God? And he did not do many miracles because of their lack of faith. Now when I'm talking about faith I, I want to make sure you know we all come from different perspectives I, I, I'm not talking about an extreme type of understanding of faith that some churches have I, I, I'm not talking about name it and claim it blab it and grab it I'm not that's not what I'm I'm talking about here faith but I don't think we need to throw out the baby with the bathwater either because the Bible's real clear about the importance of faith I think it's important to realize this that, that we should never understand faith as God really becomes our servant and we're the Lord. And we tell him what he ought to be doing. That, that's a total misunderstanding of what faith is all about. And so that's not what we're talking about there. There's a blind, several blind people that Jesus healed in the Bible. And it's pretty interesting in Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. It says, then he touched, that's Jesus, then he touched their eyes and said, listen to what Jesus said. According to your faith, let it be done to you. Oh, wow. According to your faith, let it be done to you. See, I I believe over the next few weeks as our, our faith grows and we're challenged over and over again, situation after situation we're gonna look at We're going to face over the next few weeks. I don't know what they are, but God knows. We're going to come to grips with this statement. According to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith, let it be done to you. You know, uh, (laughs) Jesus put it this way. You get to choose how much I bless you according to your faith. You make the choice. If you don't have faith in God, there's not much he can do for you. He wants to, but we won't let him. And so this is really, really important, this understanding that, that faith in God opens the door for miracles. Here's the third thing, when we put on the lens of faith and we see through the eyes of faith, faith in God releases his promises in our lives. Faith in God releases his promises in our lives. Did you know that right here in the Bible, there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible? 7,000 promises that God says, I want to do this in your life. I want to do this through your life. First of all, if we don't know the promises, that's why we need to spend time in God's word every day. We'll never know that he wants to do that. And then when we, when we believe the promises that he has for us, it, it, in faith, it releases those promises. 7,000 promises. Just think about it, 7,000 promises. All that God wants to do in our lives and through our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it puts it this way. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. In other words, God wants to keep his promises in your life and my life. 7,000 of them. It takes faith. It takes believing. God, this is what he said. This is what God wants to do in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my community, in my church. This is what God really wants to do. And it takes faith. Faith releases those promises. Listen, let, let me just be straight, okay? <laughs> I've lived a blessed life. My, my wife and I have a blessed marriage. Our, our kids are blessed. And, and I'm not talking about in a narrow sense of financial but I mean, in, in, in almost every area of our life, just incredible blessing. It's not because I'm better than anybody else. It's not because uh, I don't have struggles. Do you know why? And, and, and there are people that are listening to this message, right and they're a whole lot more blessed than we are. But you know what I attribute every blessing in my life to? Faith in God. Because you know what? <laughs> We're so blessed, but man, I got some deep scars on my back. I'm going through some really gut-wrenching, tough, tough things. But you know what? I've never once considered turning my back on Jesus Christ since the time I was five years old. Everything I've ever faced in my life, difficulties, he's always been there and brought me through it. And, and, and he's blessed because, because I'm not putting faith in Greg's ability for anything. God, whatever you ask me to do, I'm gonna do it. Whatever, wherever you ask me to go, I'm gonna go. Whatever you ask me to say, I'm gonna say it. And you know what? God said, I'm blessed that. i bless that. But no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Jesus Christ. And God doesn't show favorites. He wants to bless every single one of us. He wants to fulfill promises in every one of our lives. And he says, you've got to trust me. You've got to trust me. You, you, you've got to live the way I want you to live and, and, and do what I want you to do and, and, and look to me and focus on me and I'll bless you. Faith releases promises of God in our lives. Fourth thing about faith is this. Faith in God turns his dreams into reality. Notice whose dreams they are, his dreams. Faith in God turns his dreams into reality. And you know what? You and I dream way too small. Way too small. God's dreams are so much bigger, so much bigger for you and for me. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 in the Living Bible puts it this way. Glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do, look at this, I had it capitalized, far more, God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream, even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, and hopes. That's what God can do. That's what God wants to do in your life and through your life. Next week, uh, I just want to share with you, I want to ask you all to pray. Uh, Next weekend, Susie and I won't be here. Uh, Pastor Stephen's going to be continuing this series, Stephen Francis, and you don't want to miss it. He's going to be talking about daring to move. Great stuff. Uh, We're going to be in Pensacola, Florida. Um, I've got a council meeting for the Axe network that I'm the president of Network of Ministers internationally it's in Pensacola and since I'm the president I was able to name the, the place I wanted to meet which is pretty cool because that's where Susie and I met in college in Pensacola and fell in love and a friend of mine at Pastor's Church there when he heard we were going to be there he said can you fly in a couple days early and preach at our church and I said alright because this is the church we got married in it's a church where a number of my professors from college are now retired that taught me how to preach, and they hadn't seen me in a while. I used to have this beautiful blonde hair, and uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna scare some folks. But uh, but I, I just ask you, church family, if you if you'd pray for me, because I am nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs, <laughs> going back there, and, and and gonna preach at Liberty Church, Blue Angel Parkway about 3,000 people or so. And so I've been a little sentimental just thinking about 26 years ago, almost 26 years now in college. And you know what? I couldn't dream of what God had planned. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think 25 years later I'd be here doing what I'm doing Seeing what I'm seeing, experiencing what I'm experiencing. I never dreamed it. But you know what? It was God's dream for us, baby, wasn't it? It was God's dream for us. So much more. I remember when we were falling in love, walking around that campus, I said, Susie, I don't have a clue what God wants to do in my life and through my life. But, But I'll tell you this, nobody else can do it nobody else can do it and whatever it is he wants us to do individually as a couple I'm not gonna settle for anything less never dreamed became the pastor of this church 24 years old church I grew up in 24 years old we had 120 people on Easter first time 12 months later I grew the church down to about 65 people (laughs) I never dreamed But you know what, as soon as you tell you, there was never a moment in my life, in my ministry that I ever thought, this isn't gonna work, It's gonna fail. I had struggles, I had some doubts, but never was like, we're just gonna implode. Now over 1,000 people, 104 people received Jesus Christ as their savior just last year. I never dreamed, I never dreamed. New York, I was not coming back to hopeless jungles, no way. I was going to Georgia on a fast train. I was out of here as soon as I could. But, but, but God dreamed something. And you know what? I got a lot of tread left on the tire. I'm not going nowhere. Maybe just for a weekend at the beach to preach, you know. But uh, coming back, faith in God turns his dreams into reality. Here's the fifth thing. Faith in God provides power to hold on in tough times. Faith in God provides power to hold on in tough times. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Listen to this. These are, <laughs> this is Apostle Paul writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about tough times. He was a man of faith. When you have faith, it doesn't mean like everything's gonna be perfect Listen to what Paul said, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we don't give up and quit. There's no quit in faith. Faith never quits. He goes on and says, we're attacked, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up. And we keep on going. That's faith. You don't throw in a towel. Man, I, I, that's just like, I read this word, I think of Rocky Balboa. He just, keep on going. Keep on going. It ain't, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That's what Rocky Balboa said. It's about how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. That's how living by faith is done. Keep moving forward. That's what the Apostle Paul said. We get get knocked down, but we get up and we keep on going. So let me remind you of what the, the idea here is. We're starting this series about daring faith. Every day we have a choice to see through the eyes of faith or through the eyes of fear.